Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Amen. Hey, are you ready for the Bible today? You ready for the Word today? I got a message for you, and if you're taking notes, the title is simply this, A River Runs Through It. Come on, write that down. We're on YouTube. You're like, are you, you going to show some, some Redford clips? No, no. But that is the title, A River Runs Through It. We are in a series right now called Summer Road Trip. We're looking at stories that happen on the way. Some of the greatest things that take place in your spiritual walk, they happen in between where you're starting from and where you think you're going. And on the journey, on the road, on the way, God does a miracle. If you've missed any Sunday in this series, go back and watch it right now. You're going to be so blessed to see the miraculous things that take place on the way. The way God calls, the way God heals, the way God moves, the way he stirs our hearts, all on the way to where we're going. I'm I'm going to make a, a proposition today that none of us are at our final destination yet. If you can take a deep breath with me, ready? The fact that you're still breathing means God's not done with you yet. It means we're still moving somewhere. We're still on the move. In fact, if you could dream with me for a minute, I want to venture to say that nobody has yet seen all their dreams come true. And the Bible says that God is able to do more than we could ask for or even imagine according to his power at work within us. God still has more for you. He's still moving you and I forward individually, as a church, As people of faith, part of the larger church globally, God is still on the move. He's still working in our lives. And so as we go forward, as we move forward, we should anticipate that God is going to meet us on the way there. We should anticipate that as we keep moving, that there is the miraculous waiting to meet us in our pathway. Do you believe that today? Maybe before this message is done, you will. I want to start by reading a passage of scripture from Hebrews chapter 10. I think there's someone right now, this is going to be the message for you. You're going to just ponder this passage of scripture and think that is exactly what I needed to hear. Take note of this. This will be kind of the springboard today as we look at this topic, a river runs through it. Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19. I want to call you today prophetically to perseverance, prophetically as a church to not give up, to keep on moving forward into the promise. Check it out. Verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed With pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Someone right now, you just have to grab hold of that. Don't let go of hope. Hold unswervingly. Don't let go of hope. To the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Here we are, not yet at our final destination. 
on that journey, we need to persevere. We need to persevere by holding on to hope. We need to persevere by being together. We need to persevere by spurring one another on. We need to persevere through encouragement. This is a long and tiring road. And someone you're saying, metaphorically, I'm just not following you. What do you mean by this road? Well, this life we're in, this journey that we're in, I just keep finding myself over the last number of weeks stopping, pausing, considering with someone and saying, life's hard, isn't it? As you navigate grief, life's hard. As you navigate decisions with wisdom, where it feels like there is a right and a wrong, I just can't tell which is which. Life is challenging. It's difficult. How about disappointment? It's hard to navigate disappointment when you have a high expectation and then a lower experience. Life's challenging. Life's hard. The nuances that this last year and a half have, have presented to us are hard to navigate with wisdom, hard to navigate well. How do I continue to maintain my business? How do I keep my family encouraged? How do I keep us all healthy? How do we move forward with excitement for the future and not dread? All of these things are a challenge. And on this journey that is not yet finished, God is with us. So let's draw near to God. Let's encourage one another. Let's be together. Let's keep spurring one another on. Let's hold on to hope. Now you're saying, Pastor Justin, great passage. Didn't, didn't catch the reference to the river. We're going to get there, okay? A river runs through it. Here, here's the, the picture that I want to paint for us today. Is that we're on our way towards the promise. We're on our way towards a better future. We're on our way, certainly in an eternal sense, towards the peace that comes in having a relationship with God eternally. And then I want to say, like, prophetically, I believe as a church, we're on our way to something better. We're, we're about to reopen. We're about to, to reach more people than we've ever reached before. I believe our church is about to explode with growth, and it's going to require new things of all of us. It's going to require a new level of commitment, a new level of sacrifice, a new level of, of grace upon our, our house. I believe all these things. And as we're heading there, there's like a river that runs between here and there. It reminds me of this story. Check this out. The book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 3. In the book of Joshua, specifically in chapter 3, what we see is Joshua has just stepped into leadership after 40 years of following Moses, who was humble who spoke to God face to face, who had an age advantage on the whole community. He, he was definitely positioned by God in such a way that nobody doubted Moses is in charge. In fact, when, when God came down on Mount Sinai and spoke the Ten Commandments, it was to Moses face to face. When God, with his own hand, inscribed the law on stones, it was Moses who walked down the mountain with those stone tablets in his hands. Nobody questioned Moses' leadership. And as he came to the end of his season of leadership, Joshua steps up. Now Joshua, even though he was Moses' heir apparent, if you will, or his protege, he still had never really led anybody in any significant sort of way. And interestingly, it seems like the first thing God requires of Joshua is to lead where they had never been before. I am pretty tired of the word unprecedented, but it really applies here. Like we've heard it over and over and over and over, right? These last years, this is unprecedented times. But, but this truly was pretty unprecedented. Let, let me phrase it in a more exciting way than just saying unprecedented. 
This last week, I, I've just loved watching the Olympics every year. I love watching the Olympics every time they come around. Our family's pretty big into sports. I love seeing the, the, the pageantry of it all. I love seeing the human perseverance side of it all. I love the weird, different, quirky sports that you're able to cheer for. This week, I saw one of the most exciting sport moments I can recall. It was the 400-meter hurdles. And I watched as a group of men made their way around a track and they, one hurdle at a time, made their way over. And as they came to the finish line, the winner had exceeded the world record by nearly a second. And not only him, but the second place, third place, fourth place, I think maybe even fifth place, they all ran faster than anybody has ever run that race before. It was incredible to see. It was unprecedented. In many ways, this is kind of what Joshua was being led into. He goes, guys, we're about to enter the promised land. For 40 years, they had wandered in and around it, but never actually entered into it. And his first move as a leader was to take people where they'd never been before. For a lot of us, I think we assume that our walk with God will be predictable, that our walk with God will be easy, that there will be like a really clear manual. It's super simple and super clarified. But the truth is that a walk with God, our journey with God is an adventure. As an individual, it has been an adventure following Jesus, the greatest adventure of my life. As the pastor of Vivid Church, this year has been an adventure, unprecedented in many ways. And I believe with faith in my heart that on the other side of this, we're going to look back and say in some ways, similar to this young runner from Norway going, we just did something we've never done before. We've just experienced something we've never experienced before. Even this last week, I've met people who are just now walking into faith and finding faith in Jesus as a result of doing church on YouTube. What are we talking about? It's unprecedented. It's amazing. And, and I think that the way God wants to lead us is similar. So we got Joshua stepping into leadership. Moses, super predictable leader. Uh, they've kind of wandered through the desert just following the cloud. Joshua steps up and God says, Joshua, Moses is dead. Now go into the promised land. And it's like you can hear Joshua gulping down, going like, take people where they've never been before. Go into a place that we've never gone before. And this is the emotion into which we find Joshua chapter 3. Can I read the story to you? Ready? If you have your Bible, open it up with you. If you don't, you'll see some of these scriptures on the bottom of the screen. Or you can just take notes and say, I'm going to go back and check out this story later. Check it out. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and they went to Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp and they gave orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. Can you underline that in your Bible? Since you've never been this way before. How will you and I know where to go? Well, we'll know by following Jesus because he's taking us to a place that we've never been before. Like, like maybe this seems super mystical and ethereal to you, or perhaps there's a way that you're immediately thinking. You're going, this is how this applies to my life. But whoever you are, I do believe this. God wants to take you where you've never been before. Maybe geographically, maybe positionally, maybe 
in, in, in terms of confidence, but certainly in a spiritual sense. I believe God wants to take you where you've never been before. How will you know? You'll know by following him, by keeping your eyes fixed on him. Check this out as we continue. Verse 4. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been there before, but keep a distance of about 200 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go too near to it. Now, now 200 cubits was, was about a kilometer. We're, we're looking at about 900 meters, maybe about 1,000 meters. Just for reference point, they, this Ark of the Covenant was going to be way before them. We'll come back and circle that in a moment. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Vivid church, check this out. I, I'm going to ask you to underline probably the whole story. We need to consecrate ourselves because the Lord is going to do amazing things in our midst. Like this fall, this winter, 2022, God is going to do some amazing things. It's time that we consecrate ourselves. You're going, what's consecrate? Hey, I'm going to come back. We'll circle around. We've got to keep the story going. Verse 6, Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that I am with you even as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive, you, uh, drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gergathites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and all the, of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and they will stand up in a heap. Sometimes we just read over the Bible and we miss that. Catch what it's saying. This ark is going to be walked into the river and when the ark gets into the river, the river will just stop flowing. And it won't just be that there's a lack of water coming uh, down the river and making its way. It's that it will be stacked up in a heap. There will be a mound of water that is just stopped as if God provides a dam. Verse 14. So then the people broke camp to cross the Jordan. The priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stages all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and the their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a heap from a great distance away. A town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowed down to the, the sea of the Arabah, which is called the Dead Sea, it was completely cut off. So the people crossed over to the opposite side to Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and they stood on dry ground while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Crazy story. Incredible story. It's funny, some people look back and they go, that probably couldn't have happened in any sort of uh, way, like in a spiritual way. Maybe there was just an earthquake or something. I don't care what caused it. What a miraculous timing that God happens to ordain that at just that time, the river stops flowing. And whoever you are, no matter what you think the story, uh, like how it could happen geologically, check it out. They walked across on dry ground. It wasn't like a marshy, mucky 
earth. It was dry ground that they crossed uh, that river on. Let me make a few observations emotionally. How would this feel emotionally? Well, you've got a group of people who the entire generation, they've only known the desert. The entire generation, they've actually sought out water. Water has been a scarcity. In fact, many, many times throughout their life, they've grumbled and complained that they had insufficient amount of water until God would bring them to a small source of water just enough to sustain them. Their whole life, they've been hearing about uh, the, the thought that there is something better, there is something more, but they've felt stuck in their wandering. Their whole life, certainly they've seen the provision of God, the Bible says that their shoes didn't wear out, that they always had enough to eat, that, that every morning they would wake up and there would be bread on the ground waiting for them. God's provision was, was really evident, but his direction was not so much. Are you following with me? Like sometimes you ever feel like, yeah, God's, I guess, providing, but I just don't know where we're going. I just can't figure out how I'm going to navigate through this. I can't figure out what the other side of this looks like. For some, that's what COVID-19 has felt like for you. You're like, oh, I guess as I look at it, like I'm still here. I didn't lose my house. I kind of still have a job. I don't love my job, but I got it. And whatever the, 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 the specific story for you is, but you're going, but how are we going to get there? I don't get how God's going to do something beautiful out of this. And then someone says to you, hey, God, God has promised that in his time, he works all things out for beauty. And you're like, ah, ah. hard to believe. Like he's sustaining me. I have enough grace for today, but I don't have much hope for tomorrow. It doesn't feel very hopeful just to hear a promise and not know how I'm going to get there. Or maybe someone said this, God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And you're like, cool memory verse. I just don't know how that's going to play out in my life. I can't see how I'm ever going to get from here to there. Why? Because there's a river that runs through it. There's a river that runs through this road. Where I am right now is actually, it, there's an impossible barrier to get there. Like, yeah, okay, God says he wants to use me for amazing things. But I have so much anxiety right now, I can't even picture it. There's a river that runs through it. Okay, I feel like, you know, maybe God wants to use my life in some significant way. But I have no skills there's just this river of ignorance that runs through my life. How is God ever going to use someone like me? Or maybe a river of sin, a river of bad decisions. And I feel like I'm caught up in that current. How will I ever get from here to there? There's fear, whatever that barrier might be. I want you to know if you can feel that emotionally, you probably feel what these people felt. In fact, before they crossed, Joshua said, let's go near the river and camp. Have you ever been by a rushing river? What's one of the things that for sure you notice? The sound, the sound of a rushing river. In fact, the river is described to be at flood stages. Now, the river Jordan in the dry time of year would actually be somewhat crossable. Uh, there, there are spots archaeologists figure that would have been maybe only about 100 feet across. But at flood stages, the, the banks of the Jordan River, they kind of come up. And then there's a long plateau and then a second embankment. And at flood stages, the water fills not only that first stage, but then floods over the plateaus to the second embankment. And on those plateaus, we're talking, there's tall trees. There's a forest of trees. Flood stage Jordan was impossible to cross. Like perhaps one or two strong swimmers could make their way across, but there's no way a mixed group of countless people and all their, their supplies are making it across. It's just impossible. If you ever feel like, where God's taking you is just impossible. Maybe even right now you feel like I'm in such a broken state emotionally, 
relationally, I'm in such a mess. Like I'm struggling with some addictions in my life and some bad habits in my life. I'm in such a mess. It's impossible to imagine myself living in the promise because there is a river that runs through this. On this road I'm on, this road trip from, from wandering to the promise, there's an impossible barrier and I can hear it. Those people as they camped by the river were just hearing the raging river passing by, probably being reminded, this is impossible. Like with, with every decibel that came up off that water, they're like, this isn't gonna happen. There's no way this is happening for me. Maybe you're watching life pass you by going, guys, it's deafening to me, the, the reality that, that life is never going to get better. The promise is just not going to apply for me. I know God maybe wants joy for some people, but not my life. There's just an impossible river that runs through it. Well, as they waited by the river's edge, these had to be the emotions that they were feeling. There had to be some people saying, should we really trust Joshua? There had to be some people saying, would it be better to just stay in the desert? There had to be some people saying, like, like I guess we're just going to die then. There had to be some people saying, I, I think we're just going to stay here. This sounds better than there. There had to be some people negotiating saying, well, why live in the promise when I could at least play it safe? Why take the risk that comes with reward when I could just choose no risk, no reward? All these things had to be going through their mind. And what does Joshua say to them in this time? He says, wait and consecrate. Vivid Church, I want us to do these two things. Let's wait and let's consecrate. Well, what's consecrating? That's a great question. Consecrating essentially means to make ourselves more alert of God. Make ourselves more aware of God. In the book of Romans chapter 12, it puts it this way. I think this is a great picture of what consecration means looks like. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is a true and proper form of worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. To consecrate is to uh, become even more alert, more aware of what God is requiring. When we consecrate, we have a season of prayer. When we consecrate, we diligently are looking in God's word and saying, I'm not just doing this to uh, appease my conscience that is a good thing to do. I actually want to do what the word says. When we consecrate, we are together in fellowship. Why did I read Hebrews chapter 10 at the beginning? Because that's what consecra consecration looks like. Let us be together, encourage one another, hold on to hope, continue to spur one another on towards what is good, not give up. Let's keep on moving. So their waiting was actually for consecrating. For a lot of us, when we wait, it turns into worry. For a lot of us, when we wait, it turns into regret. For a lot of us, when we wait, it turns into laziness. For a lot of us, when we wait, it turns into wandering back through the desert. But the people of God, as they wait, they consecrate. As a church, we've been waiting a long time. We've been waiting a long time in this format. We're about to celebrate in just a couple of months, five years as a church. And now about a third of our church has been not even gathering in person. We have now had a church in the city of Toronto for eight months and we've only gathered in person one time. Like this is a lot of waiting. 
On the other side of waiting, it better be for us that we consecrated in this time. We got more alert, more aware, more obedient, more observant, more prepared. Are you with me today? Come on, I'm not going to speak much longer. I hope we're getting this in our heart. They're waiting on the river's edge. They're hearing the water rush through. And, and the, the leaders are walking through saying, everybody, consecrate yourself. Get ready. Why? Because we're about to go where we've never been before. And when we get there, God is going to prove that he's with us. He's going to prove that he's on our side. So he says this, keep your eyes on the ark. Now, now, what is the ark? The ark at that point was the physical representation of the presence of God on earth. But, but we have the Holy Spirit. It said in, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, we can actually draw near to God. Interestingly, did you notice it said they, they need to stay about a thousand meters away, about a kilometer away? Why? One, because God's holy, and it, that was the requirement. Now, Jesus, when he came, he came right up close and got super personal with humanity. He brought the holiness of God all the way to humanity and said, I'm going to bridge that gap. But I think the second reason, and maybe just as important, was if one or two people crowded close, nobody else could see, could see the ark. The, the question was not, look at the person, or, or, or the, the proposition was not, follow the person in front of you. The proposition for every individual was follow God's presence. The same is true for us. I'm not saying, hey, just find somebody and follow their leadership. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. That's what consecration looks like. And let's keep our eyes as we're focused, all of us, on Jesus. Together, we are going to get to the other side into the promise. If we were in the room, I would be asking for a big amen. Amen, amen means let it be. And let it be that we actually get to experience the promise. Amen? Awesome. So we're consecrating. We're waiting on this side. I don't know how much longer it will be. But as we make our way across the other side with our eyes fixed on Jesus, I believe he's going to do a miracle. Are you with me? Let's not question the leadership of Jesus. Let's not wonder if God is still with us. The fact that he's taking us somewhere new, this unprecedented world record type of thing that we're walking through, it's going to be good. He's going to do something that he's never done before in your life and in mine because he loves us and he has called us according to his purpose. So we follow the Lord. We're waiting and we're consecrating. But we need to also grapple with this, that obedience to God isn't always practical. The most practical, logical thing to do would be, yes, God, we will follow you into the promise, but we'll do it when the river is not at flood stage. Let's just wait until a more practical time. I know a lot of people who have been waiting to obey God for a long time for things to get more practical. It's like this, people waiting to be obedient with their finances, to steward their finances well, once they have more money. People waiting to be pure once they get married. People waiting to get bold once they're given a position. People waiting to have integrity once they're already called into leadership. All these things, people waiting until there's a more convenient time, an easier time, a less risky time to step out in faith. But not us. That's just not the way we live. We're going to follow Jesus relentlessly at the least practical time. Because obedience, it doesn't always have to be practical. In fact, if you look through Scripture, Genesis to Revelation, you're going to find it seems more often than not that, that God leads us in mysterious ways. So... The priests, they got the ark. They're coming towards the edge of the river. The Bible says as they set their foot in the river, 
the water began to stop. Interestingly, I think so many of us, when we get on the precipice of that big step of faith, we're like, God, I've done my part. I got all the way to the river's edge. Now you need to prove to me that this was worth it. But what does God say? Put your foot in the water. What does God say to us? Oh no, you actually have to step out into that fear. You actually have to step out into that impossibility. You actually have to take and initiate a step of faith and I'll meet you there. I think in a lot of ways, God is speaking to my heart as the pastor of Vivid Church and, and maybe to your heart as you listen today. Like, I'll meet you in the river. I'll see you there. I'll meet you at the, not only the river's edge, but in the middle of the river, in the flood stage, when it seems impossible, I'll see you there and I'll prove myself there. I guess it would be easy if the message today was, guys, we'll just wait at the river's edge until God does a miracle and then we'll move. But he seems to say this, you actually need to pull the trigger. You actually need to set out. Or the Bible puts it this way, I believe the original language says, move out. Don't just have good intentions to be people of faith, but actually get in the water. Take a step into the deep with the presence of God on your side and watch what the Lord would do. What does this look like? I guess if the impossible river in your life is a broken relationship, maybe it means you need to step into forgiveness. You need to initiate and be the one who says, I'm going to forgive even though I don't want to. Maybe if the river of impossibility seems like a financial thing, you need to step into generosity and just expect to meet God there. Maybe if it feels like you've got this hang up or this fear or the anxiety, maybe you need to step into the river with boldness. And say, I'm going to relentlessly obey. I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to share my testimony. I'm going to say yes to an opportunity to, to engage, be involved, and to serve. I'm not going to wait for the convenience of a, a leadership position. I'll say yes and step into serving. Can we do that today? Can we take a big step today? Excuse me, I feel like I'm going to sneeze. Don't want to sneeze on camera, even though we're at a distance. Just sneezing in public and COVID just doesn't feel right. Okay, we're going to take a step into the deep we got to take a step of faith into the deep. And what happens? It's in that step that God meets them. It says immediately the water began to pile up in a heap. And not only did it pile up, but they walked across on dry land. And not only did they walk across single file on dry land, think about this, they had to maintain a one kilometer distance from the ark. And so as people walked around the ark of the covenant, this was talking like multiple kilometers of dry ground across an impossible river to cross. God's still doing miracles. I still believe it. I still, I still love getting around people of faith who share the miracle story of what God's doing in their life because it stirs me up that our God is unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I feel like this is more of a story time than it is a sermon. But check this out. If you need three words, you could write these down. First, we need to follow. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus and follow. Second, we need to consecrate. We need to actually get more alert, more aware, more engaged in, in obedience to God. Let's get ourselves ready because we're about to go to an unprecedented place in an unprecedented time. And then thirdly, we actually need to move out. We actually need to take that step. Let's be people who take a risk in our faith. I was pondering this week, it seems like in our time, both risk and reward are, are discouraged. Anything that would feel like a risk is being eliminated from life. And anything that would feel like a reward is being deemed unfair. And we're living this time with no risk 
and no reward. But I see the people of faith from beginning to end have been the people who persevere and who say, even though there's a river that runs through it, God's got me on a road. He's taking me somewhere great. He's moving me from wandering to promise. I'm going to pray for all of us in a moment, but first I need to to ask you this. Do you know Jesus is your Savior? If you're watching today, maybe a friend shared this with you. Maybe you've stumbled across this on YouTube. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? See, this story is not only a picture of the promise that we all get to live in a greater future. This is a picture of salvation. You and I, like like the people of Israel, are on one side of a river in a, a lost and forsaken desert. And God is calling us to a promise. But there is a river that is impossible to cross called sin. Jesus made a way. Jesus stepped out into that river of sin and condemnation. And when he stepped his foot in our place, what happened is that that river of sin stopped running. Where did the river flow? Great question. From Adam to the Dead Sea. Did you catch that? The river stopped when the ark got in the the river. The water stopped all the way from Adam to the Dead Sea. the, the, The pathway of sin has, from the time of Adam, been carrying all humanity towards death. But Jesus stepped in the middle of that river to stop the water from flowing so that you and I could walk into salvation. And the Bible says this, that we are saved by the grace of God through a step of faith towards Jesus. I'm so grateful that we no longer need to keep our eyes fixed on an actual physical box, a promised place, one geographical location where God lives. But God has drawn near in the person of Jesus. And right now, I believe he's knocking on the door of somebody's heart. If that's you, you can actually take a step of faith right now. And I'd love to lead you in a prayer that's something just like this. Come on, if you're with me, even right where you are. Jesus, today, I trust you with my life and my future. I repent of my sin. Thank you for making a way into freedom. I am taking a step of faith towards you today by giving you my life in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, you are actually, it's like you're in the middle of that river right now and the the ground shouldn't be, but it's dry. And the promise shouldn't be attainable, but it is. God is rewriting the destiny of your future. I'm so excited for you. I'd love to encourage you in some next steps. Send us an email if that's you today. We want to encourage you as you take next steps. Now for all of us, let me pray, okay? As a church, we're on the precipice, guys. I can hear the raging river. It seems impossible what I have an anticipation that God is leading us to. But let's keep our eyes fixed on him. Let's consecrate our hearts. It's time to move out. Jesus, I thank you for Vivid Church. I thank you for every person watching right now, for every house party being held right now, for every leader in this place, for every person who's new to this community and maybe has never even met anyone face to face. I thank you. You are preparing us to set out into a promise, into some place new and today we commit to follow you we commit to consecrate our hearts and keep our eyes fixed on you and when you lead we will follow even into the impossible through great steps of faith move us forward and meet us there in jesus name we pray amen we hope that you enjoyed this edition of the vivid church podcast For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.